0: Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the Weekly Sports Talk podcast with Josh Pose. I am Nick Palazzolo. You can follow us on Twitter at Nick Palazzolo5 and at Pose underscore Josh. Got a lot to get to today on the podcast. The NBA is back. Uh, What does the plan look like? We'll tell you all about that, give you all the details. Are the Bulls going to Disney? We'll tell you if the Bulls made it. Um, the, what is the plan for the teams that aren't in it? Um, we'll tell you about that. When is the next season going to start? That is a very fluid situation, but we will tell you what we know about that right now. The MLB is still fighting between the owners and the players' union. Are we anywhere closer to having baseball back? And what are the plans on the table to resume the game that I love so much? Bears OTAs are underway. Uh, Bears players had some thoughts on George Floyd's death and the protest. Why is Mike Glennon trending again? And Drew Brees had some thoughts on the protest. Um, this is this uh, whole topic is bigger than sports. So we thought it was important to cover it and to join us. Uh, Bryson King, the president of the Black Student Union at Warren Township High School. Will join us to discuss the protest and what we should do about it. All that and more coming up next here on the Weekly Sports Talk podcast. All right, Josh. First of all, we got a lot to get to. Some seri, a lot of serious stuff, but also some not so serious stuff. Um, so, first of all, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing a lot better than last week. Everything seemed to calm down in the world, sort of. Not really, but. It's getting a little better than it was last week. The coronavirus numbers are going to start going up soon. You could, you could probably see that soon. Probably next week it'll start going back up. But for right now, Illinois is under 1,000 cases for two straight days. And then I saw in New York, over the last eight weeks, it went from 800 uh, deaths in one day to 42 deaths today. So everything's starting to look positive. Don't know if that'll stay positive especially with all these protests that happen, what the spread will be like. But so far, so good. So nothing to complain Yeah, clean and like about. I
0: said in the intro, we will cover the protests and the looting and the circumstances um, around George Floyd's death because that is such a major topic. And, you know, it's one of those things, like, it's bigger than sports. This is a life issue. It's not just a sports issue. It's a life issue. So, we will cover it today on this podcast. So, Josh, let's get started with the NBA. They have a plan. There is one sport with a full plan, with dates, and they have a good idea of what's going to happen. So, the NBA will be sending 22 teams to Orlando to play at Disney. But the Bulls are ranked 24th. So they do not make it. Only the top 22 will go. The Bulls are 24th. They will not make it. Uh, the Board of Governors had a vote to pass this new 22-team plan. It passed 29-1. to 1. The Portland Trailblazers were the only team to not uh, approve of this plan. So here's what the plan looks like. Uh, June 15th, uh, all international players... Um, will return to their um, home markets. Um, June 22nd, uh, testing for the coronavirus will commence at their own team's markets. Um, July 7th, all of the 22 teams will go to Orlando, and then training camp will start two days later and will be from July 9th to july 11th with the resumption of the 2019 2020 season to uh will start on july 31st to october 12th so josh when you take a look at that plan what do you what is your initial reaction to that plan
1: i i'm indifferent about this because in adrian rojanowski hopefully i said that right they uh with this board of governors stuff he said that the draft lottery will be August 25th and the draft will be October 15th and training camps won't start till November 10th after free agency starting October 18th. So opening night, December 1st, are we really going to have, do we really have to finish the season because next season is going to be even get, is going to be shorter. So they won't be making as much revenue. That's my yeah. take on that. I just don't know why it's such a big deal to have this
0: 2019-2020 season to finish. It's a big deal because of the TV money. Yeah. For those who don't know, in the collective bargaining agreement for the NBA, all regional sports networks, so like the Bulls have NBC Sports Chicago, and like the Bucks, they have Fox Sports Milwaukee, I think, or Fox Sports Wisconsin. They are guaranteed by the NBA – to have televised 70 games over the regional airwaves. so And most teams are sitting around 62, 65 games right about now. So the thing for those 22 teams is just to get them to the 70 games so the teams don't have to pay the regional television provider um, that money that they lost because they couldn't televise Um, there's 70 games. The interesting thing, I found this, uh, as we mentioned earlier, the Bulls are ranked 24th, so they will not be going to Disney. But the thing, you could take a team like the Bucks or the Lakers, two teams that are probably one of the favorites or the favorites to meet up in the finals. They could go into the 2020-21 season with only about a month, month and a half of rest, right? Where the Bulls, the Bulls won't be playing professional basketball in nine months. They they will be going about nine months um, between regular season games. So if you just think about it like that, most of these teams that are going to Orlando, all those teams are going to have so much load management in the first half of the season. Because, sure, they're getting the 13 we- – uh, how many weeks have we been in this pandemic? 13. They're getting the 13, 13 weeks now, but they'll only get a month off season between seasons, but, uh, between game seven of the finals to December 1st of the um, regular season tip. So it's just a month and a half. So I just think it's kind of interesting. You could have a team like the Lakers or the Bucks have only a month and a half of an offseason or a young team like the Bulls to have nine months in between games.
1: Yeah and and I don't know I I understand and don't understand but some of the reason why this went from 16 everyone everyone was starting to say 16 teams were going to Disney make it like a playoff format then they went to 22 I'm asking you this Nick is this because Zion Williamson can get some airtime
0: um I think it's got some to do with it, but it only has some to do with it for the Pelicans, right? Sure. It's good for the NBA, but I mean, most of these, unless you have like NBA league pass, some of these regular season games will only be televised by the regional sports networks. Right. So, I mean, for us here in Chicago, like, we may not get um, Zion Williamson here playing his regular season games, right? But we'll get like the finals and the playoffs, right? Because that's all nationally broadcasted through ABC and TNT and stuff like that. But I, I think it's got a little bit to do with it, but I think it's more of a financial issue with the um, with the regional sports networks. Um, I, I think it's also interesting that, you know, The draft is three days before free agency, right? The the draft will be uh, October 15th. Uh, Free agency will start the 18th. That's three days. So most front offices are going – to I think this free agency, even though we only have like a real month and a half of an offseason program type thing, we're going to see a lot of focus on the draft. Right when – uh, I, I don't know what time free agency starts because there's a time. But on the October 18th, don't expect a bunch of free agents to be signing right out of the gate. Like, that's just my prediction because most teams will be focusing all their energy on the draft, which just happened three days prior to that. So now you have the uh, free agency starting on the 18th. You know, you're not going to see those 12, 15 signings all in like the first hour, hour and a half of free agency, right? Because there's just not enough time to get a plan in place. I know the team like the Bulls, they got rid of guard packs. They hired Arturus. They hired Mark Eversley. They will be looking for a new coach, and I have an update on that. I'll tell you guys about later. But, you know, they got a young team. They, they're not looking to spend money because of a crappy trade to, from Washington to take on $28 million of Otto Porter Jr., who's played, I don't know, a handful of games and has provided nothing except just um, putting the Bulls in a bad position to get free agents. So it's just one of those things where a lot of teams are going to be focusing on the draft, getting younger, and not so much. Like, sure, they'll still focus on free agency, but I don't. I'm not expecting a big boom of free agents right when the bell rings that opens free agency. Yeah, I agree. So let's take a look at the the Bulls, right? So they got a younger core. Um, you know, I'm kind of sad. You know, nine months between Bulls games, right? I don't get one last time probably to see Jim Boylan call a timeout down 19 with six seconds left. I'm really sad about that. Um, so what what do you think the next steps for the Bulls are right now? Since they're not going to Orlando. Uh,
1: about right now, they should be firing Jim Boylan. They should have done it yesterday when they said that they weren't in the Orlando playoff type thing. I feel like right now is the time. Well, I know that Arturis Carn- um is finally heading to Chicago in the next couple days. I think when he gets there, he meets with him, says, thank you for your time. You're probably the worst coach I've ever seen in my years (laughs) in basketball. Uh, Have fun finding a new job. And shake his hand and say goodbye. And then begin your search. There's there's guys, like you said last week, the Toronto guys, the guys that were with Eversley. They can find a new guy that's not Jim Boylan type. Right, and And –
0: I have an update on that. So David Kaplan of ESPN 1000 has been hearing the Bulls will probably hire one of these two guys, Adrian Griffin. He's on Nick Nurse's staff in Toronto. And then another name that's been emerging, gaining a lot of steam recently is Emi Udoka. He's an assistant coach um, in Philly. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, now Bulls GM Mark Eversley is coming from Philadelphia. So he knows Udoka. Um, Udoka and Griffin are both widely respected around the NBA. Um, most people think it's gonna be Udoka um, but don't be surprised if it's Griffin either. but I would expect the Bulls to make a move here shortly.
1: Yeah Griffin played with the Bulls in the 0-4-0-5 season not saying that team was any good but I, but yeah but a Pat, former Gar
0: Pax aren't here so, so we're allowed to hire people from outside the organization. All right, so Josh, let's move on to Major League Baseball. They're um, still fighting, you know. as As we keep mentioning each week, it's like we keep uh, we keep playing the same song all over again. Back in March, all right, let's let's restart this timeline all over again. Back in March, players agreed to prorated salaries for this upcoming season, no matter what it was. Owners agreed to that. But the owners agreed to it on the assumption that these prorated salaries would be because of having fans in the stands. And Josh, I don't know about you, but are you going to be once fans start being led into like Wrigley or Soldier Field or the UC, are you going to be one of the first groups to go? So sporting events? Or are you gonna be one of like the last one? All right, let's wait till a vaccine and and we'll be fine that way.
1: Well, I I would probably me personally I would be one of the first people to buy a ticket go. Would my parents let me? That's the Another problem story. right there. Another story. Um, um. Yes, I would be comfortable. I. I, I'm feeling pretty safe about the coronavirus. I'm not saying I'm free from it or I haven't. I I won't get it, but I I think I like my chances. But um, yeah, my thing is, why not? And I was talking with my dad and other people about this the other day. Why not put the fans in the upper decks, social distanced? Why, yeah, not, and, why not make and, a little bit of revenue and get something like like you got concession revenue because people want to buy a hot dog or a pizza or whatever at the
0: game? It's funny. I can't think. Uh, I think it was Texas, the governor of Texas. Last week, he said stadiums can open up with 25% capacity. Now, this week, he's saying he, the stadiums can open up with 50% capacity for Texas. So, we'll just see. You know, it's just... It's just one of those things where MLB, they really need to get their head out of the gutter because they need to get something done. What day is it? It is June 5th, right? Players, they want to start almost a month from now. Players want at least three weeks of spring training to ramp up so pitchers can throw to hitters, so hitters can see live pitching. They have about three weeks right now. Yet They're still trying to fight about money. On June 1st, that was Monday, I believe, the players proposed a 114-game season with uh, that would start June 30th and run to October 31st, and they would have deferrals in the contract for the money to defer money to the next couple of seasons, only if the playoffs were concerned because that's a big uh, revenue thing for the owners. Um, and some owners fear of a second wave of COVID 19 coming in, white, shutting down the nation again, and they're not going to be able to get that money. So the players want deferrals if the playoffs are canceled. They also want expanded playoffs for the next two years, move from 10 to 14 teams. And they want, like, a kind of like a salary advance or a down payment as soon as um, spring training 2.0, uh, for lack of a better term um that would start hopefully in in June sometime but but Josh here's the thing that annoys me the owners send a plan the players send a plan the owners send another plan players send another plan but none of these plans are countering each other like no none of these plans released by the players association or the owners have been counters to each other's plan. They have all been their separate plans. And that's what's annoying to me. You can't even get on the same page and counter your own damn plan. Like, why do you feel the need to come up with a whole new plan? Mm -hmm. Like, that's the part that I just don't understand. Like, why do you feel the need to come up with a whole new plan? Like, I'd like, okay. Owners owners. now recently in within the last couple days have said, all right, We'll give you your full prorated salaries. Well, you're only going to play 50 games. David Bodie, the Cubs' second baseman, he could hit 400 in those 50 games, and he could win that, the batting title.
1: That That's the thing. You have a team, like I'm going to go back to the 2016 White Sox, an atrocious team led by uh, outdated Todd Frazier.
0: Cubs won the World um, Series that year.
1: Yeah, the, the, the Sox in their first 30 games are – 35 games had like 25 wins. They, they were an amazing team. And then they finished what? Like 20, 30 games below 500. Yeah,
0: and it's funny it, if the owners want, want to, you know, pro, uh, give the players 50 games, right? Through 50 games this past season, the Washington nationals were 19 and 31 through 50 games. The Washington nationals won the world series. So, like, just let that sink in. Through 50 games, the Nationals were 19-31. and 31. But because baseball's a 162-game season, you know, they won the World Series, right? So it's one of those things where why do we have to keep fighting about money? There's more issues in this world that people have to deal with. But you'd rather fight about money. And I know there's a there's a couple options on the table, but I I, I personally, Josh, I I don't know how you feel about this, but I, I feel like Rob Manfred is the worst commissioner in the four major sports.
1: Oh yeah, for sure.
0: Right, because here's the thing: he's just sitting back, relaxing, you know, watching this fight happen. You know, I get, I understand. A commissioner works for the owners, right? Owners voicing – that's why Roger Goodell and Rod, uh, Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones are all s- so good friends. Um, you know, but here's the thing. When's Rob Manfred going to say, all right, I'm stepping in. There's going to be baseball. It's going to be a 65-game regular season with full prorated salaries, expanded playoffs, and deferrals for the rest of the year. Like, why can't you just do that? But no mm-hmm. – the play, the owners want it if you if the players really want their 82 games, the owners are gonna say, no, we're gonna we're gonna cut you some of your salaries like 85%. That's what we're gonna do. But if you want your full full prorated salaries, which you agreed to, but that's not what we assumed you agreed to, we'll give you 50 games. Mm-hmm. So sure you can expand the playoffs through 50 games, but like I said. David Bodie, he could be hitting four hundred win the batting title. The nationals were thirteen uh nineteen and thirty one and they won the world Series that year, so it's one mm-hmm. of those things where m l b's gotta gotta get their stuff together,
1: yeah, it's just I'm um, going back to that sox season where they ended up they weren't twenty games under five hundred they were seventy and eighty four but they started the season twenty three and ten if they're going to go like a forty to fifty game season, the Sox are gonna. Be that that Sox team who was, at the end, trash, they're going to make the playoffs. A team like that. Or you have the, a team like the Marlins. All the bad, for some reason, all the bad teams in baseball start off really well and just fall out. So you're going to have a team like the Marlins who don't really deserve to be a major league team. They're about a, the same uh, as a A team and attendance-wise. They're gonna they're gonna go what thirty or twenty nine and twenty one and make the playoffs even though they aren't that good, right?
0: I, just... I mean I mean baseball is one of those sports where you can't predict what's gonna happen, like it's one of those unpredictable sports. Like you know, like I said, keep going to the Nationals. They were nineteen and thirty one and won the World Series. Nobody through fifty games thought the Nationals were gonna win a World Series. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the one thing. But I just don't understand why. I don't understand why they have to fight about money. Like, I understand you want to get their money. But as owners, how did you think there were going to be fans in the stands to agree to that prorated salary? Like, like how did you think that?
1: Yeah, I no idea.
0: Yeah. All right, and let's move on to the Chicago Bears, the Chicago Bears have met the media this past week. The quarterbacks were supposed to speak on Thursday, but they did not speak. Um, I think, uh, Josh, I don't know if you have the same thoughts, but uh, Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky were both scheduled to speak to the media. Uh, This would have been Trubisky's first session with the media since the Bears have acquired Nick Foles. Um, But I think this was to – because as soon as the quarterbacks hop on with the media – they're going to be asking, getting asked a bunch of questions um, regarding the quarterback competition. So I think the Bears, from a PR perspective, didn't want the Bears quarterback competition to overshadow what's going on in the world.
1: Yeah, I agree, because you know that Foles and, and, and Trubisky and Nagy and all these players will be get, getting – all the offensive players will be getting asked, Foles or Trubisky, who's going to win this? And they're going to give – since what's going on is bigger than fools Trubisky, um um it's just not necessary to talk right now about
0: that yeah and and i and i think that you know especially with it being like cuz i was follow some fantasy football advisors on like instagram And they're they're not even putting Bears quarterbacks into their quarterback rankings. So it's one of those things. As soon as Trubisky or Foles says something, it's already going to be a top story. And in this kind of climate we've had over the last week and a half, two weeks, it's just unnecessary. So I'm going to read you a couple quotes that came from Alan Robinson and Akeem Hicks. And then we'll get into the topic that's bigger than sports. This is a bigger than sports issue in the context of George Floyd's death the Black Lives Matter movement, Bryson King, the president of the Black Student Union at WTHS will join us here in a few moments. But uh, Alan Robinson, um, when he met the media on Tuesday, um, his thoughts on the nation's current unrest were a lot more positive has to come out of this than the negative. There's a a lot of knowledge being spread up spread and a lot of people opening their eyes and ears to now to the things that are going on who may not have done so before when we get past these next days weeks months and even years keep the same energy and the same mindset you have now as open as your ears and eyes are now in the future have the same kind of humility to have eyes and ears open to people that are protesting so that that was really powerful and meaningful to me because it's like Back in 2016, when Colin Kaepernick, uh, first, he was kind of like the uh, the trendsetter, if you want to say, in regards to the Black Lives Matter movement. He took he started taking a knee in 2016 with the San Francisco 49ers during the uh, national anthem before their NFL games. He was widely criticized. Drew Brees has recently come out and said a statement which he walked back over the last 24, 48 hours or so. But he said, I I will never agree with someone who disrespects the flag. But that's not what Kaepernick was doing. Kaepernick, it had nothing to do with the flag. It is a form of a peaceful protest that Colin Kaepernick got. And he was highly judged for it, right? People ignored him because these are uncomfortable conversations. And people don't like to have uncomfortable conversations because they're either, A, ill-informed, or B, they just don't like talking uh, talking about the topic, right? So I think Colin Kaepernick was a trendsetter, but he got widely ignored for four years. And now it is just coming to fruition in the, poli- in the police brutality death of George Floyd in Minneapolis, which there has been tons of peaceful protests. I know we'll talk to Bryson King and get his thoughts about the protests, but there's also been with the good there's a with the good protest there's also the bad in the looting and the rioting we 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 can't have the looting and the rioting right that is that's not a way violence and destruction is not a way to get anything done especially on a sensitive uncomfortable topic like this Uh, martin luther king had a march on washington they had boycotts the more marches he was even willing to get arrested for his cause and he, got, he it took time. It, things won't change overnight because that's just not how these kind of things work. I'm a, I think uh, being having the ability to peacefully protest is one of the greatest um, U.S. rights you can possibly have. You want to go block traffic for your cause? Go block traffic. Protests are supposed to be inconvenient for people. They're supposed to instigate change. But as soon as you have the looting and the rioting, you know, that that's just not the answer. And, Josh, I don't know if you feel the same way, but, you know, you, you take a look at what's going on in the U.S. And I don't think all of these protests or not, excuse me, all of these riots and the looting and all the destruction is a way to solve any of this.
1: No, it's not. And especially during these times where Mayor Lightfoot, like, for example, Chicago, um, they they were set to open restaurants for outdoor seating July 3rd, I believe some of these small business restaurants have been struggling because they have, they've had no customers over these past couple of months and they're finally getting to open and there's no more, they they can't open and they lost all their supplies. So now they might go under because of this.
0: Right. And and, and I mean, if you take a look at this... These bit, these some of these business owners, these these are or most of these business owners are just innocent people trying to make a living here in the U, in the U.S. These people started up their business from scratch, and they're getting looted and destroyed all because people think this is a way to protest. It, it's not. And Akeem Hicks had a powerful quote when he met the media also on Tuesday. He said, at the time when Kaepernick was taking a knee, I had the same thought that 85 90% of the league thought at that moment. If I get down in one on one knee in front of the stadium, I am fired. Because, Josh, realistically, if you take a look at it, Colin Kaepernick hasn't taken a snap since that 2016 season. He's had a couple workouts here and there, but no team has wanted to take on Colin Kaepernick.
1: Yeah, it's just – And Goodell, Roger Goodell, um, I saw him post a video on the NFL Twitter site and someone said, you don't need to watch this video. All it's saying is, I'm sorry, Colin Kaepernick. Because at the end of the day, Colin Kaepernick was in the right. And everyone, and he lost his job over it, but he knew that was going to happen. And I give all credit to him now that. For the past four years, he's gone. No one's really re- – no, the people remembered him, but it's really been forgotten what he did. Well, not really, but um. But now it's coming back, and now people are saying, oh, he was in the right. People like Jerry Jones saying, you're not on my team if you kneel, are right. in the wrong.
0: Right, and and I think people need to make the clear distinction. What Colin Kaepernick did, it was not about – disrespecting the american flag or our troops who fight for our freedoms that's not what this was about people like um drew Brees came out uh when he was interviewed for yahoo finance uh i think it was monday or tuesday he said that he would never agree with someone who kneeled and disrespected the flag that's not what this is about people need to understand that this is not what it's about and people who are ill-informed Don't understand what this is about because they think, oh, he's kneeling during the national anthem instead of protesting police brutality. He's actually disrespecting America. That's, in fact, not what he's doing. And Jonathan Taze, I think he this statement rings true uh, to this current situation. My message isn't for black people and what they should do going forward. My message is to white people to open our eyes and open our hearts. That's the only choice we have. Otherwise, this will continue. I think right there from the Blackhawks captain, Jonathan that that's a powerful statement. Because people tend to run and hide when a conversation gets uncomfortable or they're ill-informed on a topic. And they kind of just like, oh, in a couple days, this will pass and we can move on with our life. But at this time, we can't keep doing that. I know I've been guilty of it sometimes, Josh, I'm sure sometime in your lifetime you've been guilty of it. But this is a topic in the Black Lives Matter movement and the uh, police brutality movement that we just can't ignore it. We can't think of it as just another thing. This has to stop. We need we need to open our eyes. We need to listen when people of color scream for our help. We're just there for those couple days, they're screaming. And now we move on with our lives. We will have a different encounter with law enforcement. If I get pulled over or if Josh were to get pulled over, we would have a different um, instance with a police officer than than a person of color would. Because the biggest thing we're scared of is getting a ticket. The biggest thing a person of color would be scared of is getting shot and killed. And that's what needs to change in America. We cannot live in a society where people are scared to drive around in their own neighborhoods, in their own house, or in their own city, in their own village, on their own streets, and feel like they can't have a positive encounter with law enforcement. I I know a couple good cops. There's always a couple bad apples. We need to find those bad apples and make sure we get this right for future generations down the road. I agree. All right, Bryson King, coming up next here on the Weekly Sports Talk Podcast. Joining us now is the president of the Black Student Union at Warren Township High School. Bryson King joins myself, Nick Palazzolo, and Josh Pose right now here on the weekly Sports Talk podcast to talk about uh, George Floyd's death and all of the protests. Bryson, thank you for taking time for us on this important topic. How are you and your family doing? I'm doing
2: good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, the family, we're doing all right, you know, under the circumstances. Um, Hope the same for you guys. Um yeah, I I'm doing pretty good. We're we're just coping as a as a family over this and you know, we're having a lot of discussions, a lot of hard discussions and stuff like that with family and friends, but you know, we're we're trying to get by and do what we can, yeah. you know, to make a difference.
0: Yeah, and I wanna start off with because earlier on the podcast I mentioned it this whole kind of police brutality, Black Lives Matter movement started with Colin Kaepernick taking a kneel during a national anthem. Now now there's two kind of opinions out there. One if you take a knee during the national anthem, you're disrespecting the flag which I completely disagree with. That's basically just a, a ill-informed person not knowing what this is really about. So, how do you where do we go from here? We ha- we've had the pro we've ha- I love peaceful protests. I think it's the greatest thing you can do as an American have have the right to protest for a cause that you support. Um. So, where as a country and as a society do we go from here? Because I would, me and Josh would have a different encounter uh, with law enforcement than you, an African American, would with law enforcement. So, where do we go from here?
2: So, I I like that you mentioned the um, Colin Kaepernick issue and and kneeling. To that, I want to say I think a lot of times the root of the issue always that. Misunderstanding and when people don't want to, you know, reach forward and do the uncomfortable thing to try to put themselves in other people's shoes. And I think that's people get confused and they're thinking, oh, you know, he's disrespecting the flag. He's going against America. What he's doing, you know, is unpatriotic. But that's not the case. We, as in the African American community, we love our country. You know, our ancestors worked very hard to build this country. So it's something that's very important to us. So what Colin Kaepernick is doing and what he did was more to bring attention to the issue that we're facing, the fact that we are tired of a country that we love so much treating us like we are less than. And I think that's just where people misunderstand that fact. Um, They're not, you know, they, they immediately think, wow, that is disrespectful. And then you get filled with so many emotions and stuff like that. And you lead with that. When before we start to judge and point fingers, we first have to understand why people do what they do and say what they say. Going forward with the peaceful protest, I think that they've been very impactful in bringing more attention to the issue. You know, we've seen stuff like, for instance, with with the the arrests of the officers who were involved in George Floyd's death. I truly believe that they would not have come as quick as they did had it not been for the protest that ensued, you know, so, as we move on, I think now it's just time that we heal and that we continue to have conversations about it. For instance, like the peaceful protest that we're planning on having this Sunday at Viking Park, it's it's more of an opportunity for us to hear from our community members, our our local government, so that we can together heal and look at those ways that we need to go forward to make change. Because um, of of course, at the end of the day, you know, I think people just they go back and forth so much. And it's like, my opinion's right, so I'm going to try to rebuttal what you say, when we just got to try to find that common ground and understanding it and what, you know, our um our different experiences are. Yeah,
1: so you talked about the peaceful protests, and you organized one for tomorrow, Sunday, June 7th. Um, Tell us more about what that will be like, because I'm planning on attending. I don't know, Nick, if you are, but I'm planning on to attend, so
2: tell... Tell everybody what this will be like tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. Well, first of all, I look forward to having you. It, it's going to be really amazing. Um, recently, the, the, the initial organizers just reached out to me, um, Celine and Juan Cardenas and Austin Wolf. Um, they reached out to me about two or three days ago. So when, when I first heard about it, I was a little nervous. I was like, you know, Sunday, it's, it's kind of a short amount of time to get something really organized together. But we all, as a team, and the others, who have worked very hard to, you know, get the mayor to this, to get our um our Gurney Police Department, you know, the uh the Park District, they've been amazing with supporting us. So we're so thankful. We're gonna have guest speakers like um Dr. Diallo Brown, um, one of our dean of students at Warren. Several students will be speaking. Myself, um Juan Cardenas, um Kiara Robinson. So we have a really good lineup. And Roger Moriano, which does the diversity training for Warren Township High School, a very, very intellectual man. So I, I'm so proud of everyone who's worked hard to be a part of this. Um, basically, we really just want to give people opportunity to kind of you know, be a part of that collective healing because we're all hurt by this and we all want to support change together. It's not one of those things where we want to go out there and start, you know, screaming at people and just, you know, be angry. We want to use our emotion and what we feel in a positive way and, you know, and come together as a community.
0: Yeah. And going back towards your point, like, I know we've all probably been guilty of this at some point. These are uncomfortable conversations to have. Right, you know when people get uh get themselves into an uncomfortable conversation or un- in an uncomfortable topic, you know they tend to run and hide, and hopefully this passes in a couple of days so i and one thing that I stress to our listeners is if you are eligible to vote make make sure you can vote, make sure you register to vote because the only way to make impactful change is to vote the people who align most with your views. It doesn't, uh, Democratic, Republican, Green Party, Yellow Party, Blue Party, it, it doesn't matter. But pick people who are gonna be instrumental in change so we don't have another instance like that.
2: I completely agree with what you're saying. Exactly. And I think that's something that we want to make sure at our at our um our peaceful protests so that we are educating people about what they can do to make change, voting, donations, signing petitions, things like that. And it's important that, you know, we look past those, you know, political parties and stuff like that so that we can come together because it, it doesn't take, you know, one side of the aisle making, you know, making change for it to actually be able to happen. It takes all of us being able to come together, and for us to, you know, see our government actually do that bipartisan work um, in order to make change happen. And I think that's what's so important. And you know, I have a lot of friends in different political parties that I like to discuss and see their opinions with, and because it's interesting to me, I want to understand why they think what they think, and we can so that we can have those deep conversations. Because um, the moment we stop having conversations about stuff like this, the uncomfortable things. Then we, we lose hope in seeing a better tomorrow.
0: And, and I think even going back to Colin Kaepernick, you know, he first took a knee during the twenty sixteen NFL season. He's never taken another snap in the NFL since then. It's been four years until this issue has um been brought up again. And I and I mentioned it earlier with Josh. We were like Colin Kaepernick was ahead of his time. He was a trendsetter in this movement. So, and I think when you take a look at it, this is an issue that's not going to go away overnight, right? We need to we need to come together as a society and fix this once and for all. So the police officers don't have that bad rap they have with the African-American community because in some areas, police are not people's friends. And we need to fix that. Police are here to protect us, right? And if we can't have a good relationship like that you know, it, it just doesn't bode well for the future. And I wanna go back to you you mentioned earlier going focusing more on the positive aspect of mm-hmm. the protest. But but let's talk about more of the negative aspect in like the looting and the destruction. You know, where do you stand on this? Because I personally some of these business owners are just innocent bystanders who Definitely. have started started their business up from nothing. And have it all destroyed and taken away. So where do you stand on all the looting and all the destruction that's gone on over the last week week, week or so?
2: Yes. So I definitely condemn the looting and the burning down of businesses. I I, I feel like it overshadows personally the, the, the movement and what we are trying to say. While I remember, I in fact, I had a conversation um, last year. With one of my friends about this, we we went to go view a movie and we um with Unite and Inform one of our school groups and we talked about peaceful protests and violent protests and what we have to understand is though sometimes the outcomes are you know the, in the moment the outcomes we do not like them there are certain things that are necessary for change and I'm not I'm not condoning the looting and stuff I'm saying that when people get tired, when they get fed up, there's natural outcomes. And then, like I said, and that's not just, that's not just people being angry. You also have people trying to take advantage of the situation, trying to be opportunistic and stuff like that. And it's unfortunate. And sometimes those violent protests and those interactions, you know, they just overshadow the message that we are trying to send. While on the other hand, like I said, you know, for what you said, Colin Kaepernick, four years ago, he took that knee. That is so important to know because it's not till now where we have, you know, the NFL actually coming out and saying they handled it wrong. And we have to think about why. It's because the movement has picked up all around the country. Sometimes it takes those huge moments for everybody to wake up. Sometimes it takes drastic measures. And while it it, it may be hard to, to sit with for a while for the moment, you know they can have positive outcomes and it but the the thing that i have to wrap my mind around and i think everybody should you know realize is that it's upsetting that it takes that it's upsetting that like that people have to get to that that level for change to actually occur a lot of times for actual substance to come out of it and it's upsetting you know and i i always i implore people not to promote the looting and the rioting and stuff like because there's a there's a way to do things A lot of times, you know, when we're sitting there, you know, going to different cities and just that, you know, are not necessarily struggling with the same struggles the Minneapolis Police Department are struggling with, and we're going to different cities and, you know, screaming in police officers' faces, that does not change the hearts and minds of police officers like we need it to. That doesn't create a a good situation. You know, we see often, you know, police officers, they kneel and they'll be supportive sometimes, but sometimes, you know, you see police officers, they're not feeling it. They're not willing to to understand why those people are yelling it, yelling at them. So we have those bad interactions. And so that's why I think that's just not the way to do things. Um, so I definitely can. Um, I don't condone any sort of rioting and looting. I really feel like peaceful protests, though they may take time sometimes, you know, and often it's, it's the better route to go you know, in the long run. Yeah.
1: So you talked, we talked about you, Nick asked about looting, but what do you have to say to those people and not just in Waukegan where we had to shut down gurney mills and all gurney businesses. What do you have to say to those opportunists who are doing this looting? Not
2: for the name of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor. What do you have to say to them? It's terrible. It's reprehensible. And they should be ashamed of themselves of, I mean, the fact that they would take the, they would take advantage of such a a turbulent time in American history, and they would take advantage of you know not 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 only just the community but of small local businesses, people people who don't have the opportunity to rebuild like that. It is it's terrible, and I I I hate to see it. I hate to see it when it's people you know burning down their own communities, and I hate to see it when it's people coming from outside communities and inciting violence. It's, it's terrible and it, it has to stop, it really does. And I hope that people, you know, organizers of these peaceful protests are really making, making sure that they're recognizing those people inciting violence. And I've seen in several cases where, you know, they're saying, hey, no, you need to stop that. It needs to be stopped. You know, you see the crowd policing the crowd. And um, that's the kind of stuff that we have to continue is like calling out those bad actors and telling them you need to stop what you're doing because that is not advancing the cause at all and you are being a detriment, and you, you need to stop, you know. And I, I think those people really need to reassess what they're doing and, and the impact that it's having.
0: And, and, Bryson, a bunch of professional sports teams and uh, professional athletes have been releasing statements, but the statement that really um, hit home with me was a statement by Jonathan Tays, the captain of the Chicago Blackhawks. He said, my message isn't for black people and what they should do going forward. My message is to white people, to open our eyes and our hearts. That's the only choice we have. Otherwise, this will continue. And I want to get your thoughts on that because like I keep mentioning earlier, people have a tendency when they get uncomfortable or they're not so informed on a topic, they kind of hide and curl into a little ball and just kind of hope this passes. So how do you think, is it through legislation? Is it through building more bonds with police officers? How do we fix this over time to ensure, uh, like, uh, this past weekend, it doesn't happen again?
2: Definitely. The legislation is definitely important. It's, it, it is a crucial, you know, having that piece of accountability for police officers, making that, that actual, you know, departmental change. But not just that. The legislation, it doesn't mean anything if we cannot change the way people perceive each other, if we cannot change those hearts and minds, then we're not, we're not doing it right. You know, if the, if the training isn't being beneficial in teaching police officers how to interact with the people of the communities they're policing, then some it's not going to change. You know, you, you, we can change the rules. We can change the legislation, but if we're not actually taking the time to sit down with people and show them, You know, hey, this why why their their prejudices are incorrect, and why their way of thinking is incorrect, and having those conversations peacefully, those open ended conversations, then we will still end up with the same systematic racism, because it starts, you know, with teaching like children. We got to make sure that we are correctly expressing. Um, the experiences of a hurt people in our schools, when it comes to history classes, we got to make sure that we're spending enough time on those important topics so that um, the kid, you know, people who, who are not familiar with those experiences that other races have had can learn and understand. Cause that's where it starts. That's, that's where we have to make sure that we are investing in our, um, you know, in our, in, in the children of America, because people aren't born racist, people aren't born with prejudice, but you know, it's, difficult to come out of our, the institutions that we have in America without prejudice, just because of how they're set up. And so we have to continue to break them down with legislation and break them down in institutions so that our children can come up in an unbiased, um, um, you know, community.
1: Well said, Bryson. Um, thank you so much. I'm true, we're truly grateful that you you're on. Uh, At least I think that you're going to be a president (laughs) of the United States sometime soon. Um, So for people that don't know, Gurney Peaceful Protest will be Sunday, June 7th, which is tomorrow at 4 p.m. They have guest speakers. It'll be at Viking Park. Bring your own masks. Signs are welcome.
2: Donations will be taken electronically. Anything else, Bryce? Just thank you for having me. And I, I hope to see everybody there. I hope to see you guys. And I hope you all stay well. All right,
0: that's Bryson King. You can follow him on Twitter at BrysonKing77. Uh, you can also follow him on Instagram at Bryson.King77. And if you're interested in having senior portraits taken or any other pictures taken, you can follow him on Instagram at Flicks. Bryson, we really do appreciate you taking the time for us today.
2: Thank you, I'm honored. Appreciate it. All
0: right, and that'll do it for us here on the Weekly Sports Talk Podcast. Next week, hopefully there will be baseball to talk about. We can stop talk we can stop talking about them fighting over money for Josh Pose. I am Nick Palazzolo. This is the Weekly Sports Talk Podcast. Thank you and stay safe out there. <laughs>